and a big welcome to out of all of you who listen to this and look at it and at YouTube. Today I have a girl, a woman with me from the other side of the world, from Australia. So a big welcome to you, Ross Maindock. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice uh, to, to see you and it's nice to have this connection to the other side of the world. There's, there's everything is going on all around the world and I think it's a, it's a new thing that people are finding new ways to help the horse. So please tell us uh, about your life, uh, how you, you get into horses and what you are doing today. Let's okay. hear um, Thank you. Thank you again for having me. And yes, you're right. Um, being able to talk to so many people around the world is just amazing. It's so good. Um, I got into horses um, as a teenager. I, I had a horse, but then had children and and didn't think much about it. And then when we moved out to the country where we are now, I wanted horses again. But um, I felt that my skill level was very lacking. Also, I'm, I'm a very anxious person. So that also reflects um, with the horses as well. So learnt horsemanship skills, which back 20 years ago are lot different to what they are now um, and then um, I got into the rider biomechanics because I felt that not everything was the horse's fault all the time oh. um, so yeah because yeah, you know we like to blame um, so then I started looking at how I was riding and even still that um, I'm very tall mm -hmm. I'm a very tall person so um how I have to maintain myself on a moving horse is very different to somebody that is shorter and got a different centre of mass. So went down that path and then I was like, I still want to help the horses. So I got into the red light therapy, which was about to 2011. And, um, and then it just kept snowballing from there, just massage, um, human bowing. Um, the myofascial release, uh, nearly everything that somebody's tried is like, oh yeah, I've had a go, I've had a go at that. Just trying to find all the different um, nuggets of information that all those amazing teachers have been able to um, pass on. Um, saddle fitting and um, when Dr. Kerry was doing his ulcers and laterality and things like that, I got to um, you know, spend the week with him too. So I've had some really great teachers. So um, Science of Motion, I joined um, that in 2013. Um, again, because I looked at the way that Jean-Luc, I'm like, you're able to fix this horse, yet all the vet said this was wrong with it. And I was like, this is amazing. So um, started getting, uh, doing all that. And so that's been about 10 years now. Um, and just keep learning all the time. You think you know something <laughs> and then you learn something else. It, yeah. it pops up. Um, and as we had a talk about before, I also have background in um, 
teaching with teenagers um, with cows and things like that. So again, um, just different skills from different areas. So what I, as a body worker, what I knew from science and motion was that really we need to do things in movement that the horses um, can do things, but they often do them dysfunctionally like we do when we perform a task. Um, you know, sometimes we, we cheat when we do an exercise or things like that. We yeah. um, do it in a way that's easier for our body, but long-term it might not be that's um, right. good for our tissue. So, um, so what I've tried to put together, I like solving puzzles, not that you can solve puzzles um, like this anyway, but you can help people to become aware, to observe, and then try to teach them the skills to be able to help their own horses. So um, literally to in, help people improve functional movement in their horses themselves to um, maintain and um, prevent, you know, lameness and, and soundness issues. That's the goal. Um, but there's a big, big journey that seems to go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you need any equipment for that, or you you just use your hand? You you're talking about red light and and everything. Oh, yeah. So I I use my red lights. Um. So that's another whole modality. I I use those quite a lot. Um. Because that's a um a mechanism that is uh, at a cellular level. So I can use that as an advantage to, to be able to help with the horses um, rather than, than just hands-on uh, all the time. Um, but with the movement therapy, um, it's about sort of learning to understand that a horse that has um, good confirmation can move in a way that they will get tissue degeneration a lot quicker than a horse that has bad confirmation but can actually utilise their movement a lot better. Um, and us as riders, we have a lot of influence on how that can um, be swayed uh, to either, um, you know, towards more tissue degeneration or not to have tissue degeneration. And it's, um, it's about um, physics and forces and, and all those sorts of things and, and, and balance control. So, you know, like with the gymnast, how they can do movements that have fluidity and flow but have a lot of control and coordination about them as well. Um, so it's teaching people the differences about those sorts of things too and how that they can help their horses um, through, through that way, um, in hand and riding. Okay, I was just going to ask about that. Is, is it both yeah. uh, from ground and on the horse 
Yes, yes, on the horse mm. because if you ride the horse, if you can get on, you, you actually can feel more when you're up on the horse. Um, so the next interesting part in the part that I've had to go through, because you can learn all the theory in the world, but sometimes it's actually hard to, to actually do something mm. because the horses are dynamic beings also. So once you put the person on top of the horse and they're trying to move together, doesn't always, always happen. So sometimes we have to work with the person as well um, because we have our own um, strengths and dominances, if that makes sense, because horses um, have their preferred diagonals and legs and, and things like that, that they like to use. So, um, and then it's the same with people. Uh, we like to do things a certain way. So often when I observe, I'm looking at seeing who's influencing who as well. Is the rider more of an influence and does the imbalances come more from the rider, more from the horse, or are they affecting each other equally? Mm -hmm. And how far, because no one's symmetrical, how far out of balance are either of those um, beings, the horse and the rider? Um, yes. So, um, and, and we look at also um, the brain engagement side for the horse and for the rider as well. Um, so it's no good if the rider is stressed and it's not good if the horse is stressed. Um, yeah. As like I said, kids at school, um, you need to be in the classroom to be able to learn. So if your thoughts are not with the horse or within your body and the horse is thinking about something else, then they, they can't learn either. And if you're going to do movement therapy, to get the proprioception and the sensory feedback, you need them to be not stressed mm. and in their thinking. So, yeah, yeah, it's fun teaching people how to, to get to that level. So how do you do, does people come to you or you travel around or how, how is it working? Um, very, uh, very dysfunctionally at the moment. I'm working sometimes, um, I've been over to the east um, of Australia and done some clinics over there. Um, just like with anything, um, I will admit that I've had to gain more confidence in myself for going out and um, explaining these things to people because sometimes some of it is not um, what I'd call mainstream. So people are used to doing things in a certain way and being coached in a certain way. And I come along and go, well, actually, that actually is not helping you at all. So then we have to have that whole conversation of why this is not and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, I had to have that sort of uh, build up that confidence. Um, but I can either do um, online 
observations. So um, videos usually of um, usually the horse moving freely because I like to see what it does itself. Um, and then uh, if a person wants a ridden assessment to see what I can see um, uh, or the horse on its own. And usually we have a conversation about what the, why the person's asking. And so then um, sort of unpack it for them from there and how far they want to go with um, learning more or, or less. <laughs> Depends. So yeah, either online or I can um, visit. I tend to, um, as this is evolving more, clinics are better so that you can actually have a big presentation with slides and, um, and visuals and then have some demo riders so that people can actually see the same words but within different interpretations as you have each horse and rider because everybody um it it just turns out different it's the same type of thing but it's um uh, depending on yeah what that rider's doing and what the horse is doing is uh, and how we um we have that chat but it's great for people to see um, the differences so that's the way that I said be able to go is more of like clinic and everybody can um, uh, sort of come together as a community um, talk and see yeah, yeah. It, it must be good for for people as well to to know what happens in the horse when you do like this or this and and uh, know it before you train your own horse I can imagine that. Yes, yes. And once I sort of feel the difference, because sometimes um, a true, when you're in true balance and coordination and everything's in harmony, it might only be for a couple of steps, but the whole atmosphere changes. It's like you feel that lightness and that spring and they're like, oh this is what it's all about and it's like yes yes you felt it good, <coughs> good. sorry so yes <clears throat> you were also talking about that you are teaching teenagers uh with this it's, it's uh fantastic i think it's a good thing to learn these things when you are young Yes, um, actually, what um, a lot of the teenage stuff that I've been doing is um, more with cows um, lately. That sounds really strange, but um, how I teach people with the horses, um, I can actually, it's more to do with um, how you present yourself and your energy. Um, with the teenagers, with the cows, um, I'll often tell them, you know, what's your cow telling you at the moment? Mm. Um, cow feels safe with you, which um, in Australia here, we have um, low stress livestock handling. So that's the way that they like people to learn um, so that the, the, the stock is not as stressed anymore. 
So those same principles, like what we teach with the horses, are teach the, with the kids, with the cows, and it, and it's really interesting because um, they see the cows tell them, you know, yeah, how yeah. they're. It's it's amazing. So yeah, and they're boys too, not girls that that are the teenagers. So, oh, that's um, great. But it's, yeah, so um, it's good because they can see that that brain side. But, yeah, it's great for um, helping teach people as well um, because I think sometimes um, helping the people understand better is one of the big keys to helping them feel confident enough that they can actually do this work. They can actually help their horses themselves. That's right. That's right. And I was just talking to to a friend about this with, with energies and all of that. Uh, and... Uh, we all have these energies in us and and that is as you said it's both human cows and horses and everything and we can learn from each other and we people are very stressed uh we are going to work and we got kids and we got everything and and time is uh, all the schedules um it's it's a fantastic thing that we can have the animals to teach us to just see who we are definitely and it's very confronting sometimes mm. i know that self um a different part of the journey so even when i was doing the movement work i thought i was going really great and then a good friend of mine that um, does a lot of Warwick Schiller um, work, some of his new stuff, and she said, you know how you're working on you being present and, and your energy? She said, do you think your horse is here at the moment? And my horse at the time was leading me sort of like over here. <laughs> and, I her and I went, oh oh no you're right and from then on she said what happened if your horse horse's thoughts were with you when you're doing your work and I said bingo there's another key to what I needed to help teach what I'm teaching and then from then on um so with another friend who does uh, brain training, she does neuroscience. I've been working on me um, to help me see more subtle signs. And um, but yes, I needed my horses were telling me a lot of things that I needed to improve on, <laughs> and um, and it's amazing how they actually do tell you. Yes, yes, yeah, you're getting maybe. it right. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't realise, even though my horses live on a farm home out in paddocks, they were still stressed out with how I was around them. Yeah. 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 So, um, and and that's, a, that's a fantastic thing that we can learn so much as you said we see ourselves and when we are we try it on ourselves we can 
helped each other with these things. Yeah, we can. And, and, and even when we, um, I do a lot of work at the walk with the horses because most of the time they're already, to do with the physics and horses side of it, they're already moving too far forward for their legs. Also, their back muscles have imbalances um, that you can help correct from sitting above them to help then everything else move more functionally um, with what the horse is able to do at the time. So you're always working to help them coordinate better. Um, and even those sorts of things, um, you still, you have tools, but you don't have a formula as such, because again, the horse lets you know <laughs> when you get it, when you're communicating well with them, when you're trying too hard and you're too stiff or you're asking too much and they block you out, or all of a sudden you might just move, move the tiniest muscle and they move and the communication is so different. Hmm. So again, always, always teaching. Oh. And, and when you when you really feel that uh, difference in it, you will never go back to the, the the way you did before. No, I just got goosebumps. Then yes, definitely, definitely, there is there is no going back because you know and feel it, and they they tell you. I um one horse that I got last year, um, he was going to be put to sleep. Um, the owner spent um, lots of vet money trying to use a medium level dressage horse. She tried everything, uh, bless her, to try and help him. And he just kept going downhill, downhill and um, had the insulin resistance, um, you know, Cushing's, things like that, very angry. Um, so I said, my friend who's a therapist said, I think that you should take him and see what you can do. And I was like, sure, silly me. Um, but he's taught me a lot more too um, about the way that I ask things. And also um, he's not on any medication now. Um, he doesn't get laminitis. He's he's okay, uh, but again, I think it was just because of all the stresses and just he wasn't being heard uh, in the way that he needed to. Um, and and sometimes I'm going going to probably get in trouble here. Um, sometimes uh, we get fixated on fixing the horse in certain areas, like. We just want to fix the feet, but forget that that information doesn't always get transferred up the body to the brain and back again in a way that's helpful. Um, I know in theory it might, it should look like it will work, but again, the horse often says no, or we try to do things with the horse that there hasn't been enough time for the tissues to change mm -hmm. to accommodate 
the big cha- the big change in the feet. Think mm-hmm. just things like that. Notice a lot of things that are separated. That it's like actually no, that's not working for that horse at the moment. But nobody's seeing it. They think it's up now something else. So yeah, and we we tend to have uh, we we wanted to to get over it fast. Um, Oh. And and that that is uh, just give an injection and then it would be fine. I want to go out and ride again. Uh, we have to give it time. That is you a- are right. You are so right. We're in a want to fix it now, and us humans, I think, are no different for ourselves. Oh. We're like. Yeah, we want to do it now. Um, we want the horse to be fixed. I I used to think like that with the horses as well. I'm just like, I want to do what I want to do, you know, like be better now. And then it's all like I I've had a couple of injuries that are not bad, uh, but soft tissue ones that took a while to recover and they're not even bad. And so every now um People will often ask me for some help and I they, they say to me, oh, all the x-rays are fine, this is fine. And I'm like, why does nobody understand that soft tissue actually holds all this together and it actually takes longer um, and the horses can feel things just like I might be walking down the street and feel a little tweak in my hamstring and think, oh, I better not run on that today mm. because that's going to hurt. But they can't tell, the horses can't tell us. So, but people always forget about soft tissue injuries. And by the time it's on the x ray, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that want to fix it now to please human agendas is, um, mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anything more you would like to tell about it? How you are oh, doing um, it? So, oh, well, um, like most people try to um, get body work um, on horses that um, have static posture um, troubles um, but it, it 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 makes you feel better but in the end you really have to uh, look at changing things within movement because um, the horses are no different to humans is we have particular patterns that our brain has decided this is the way that we do things so that we don't have to think about it. So their unconscious movement patterns, which is the same for us, they may not be good down the track. We'll end up with arthritis or or tendonitis and things like that. Um, So usually there's an abnormality in the gait of the horse or uh, movement postures that are already there that that's what ends up causing your lesion and then you see the gait abnormality but it's actually always been there 
um, or the horse will um, just change it slightly. Um, when I give a demonstration, usually I swing a leg or something around and then the horse will, he feels okay. It doesn't look great, but until it doesn't feel okay and then he will shift himself around to um, do something else instead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you have to bring those patterns, even with the horse, back to a conscious level to be able to retrain them slowly um, so that they will get the input from the feet, so from the proprioceptors to be able to go to the brain and then change those movement patterns um, so that the horse can take that aboard themselves. So when they go back out in the paddock, that they are moving better, that they're not just held in a, in a certain posture while they're being ridden and then they go back to doing whatever they want as soon as they get back out in the paddock. We're trying to help them actually change and build a better coordination for themselves. Um, but, yes, you need to be able to do that in a more of a conscious brain. So, again, back to being, being in the classroom, as I say, um, instead of the horse being, um, uh, you know, thinking about, um, uh, you know, like things like spooking or they're disassociated, um, you know, like the shutdown horse, the spooky horse, the, uh, all those sorts of things. Um, they need to, yeah, be in that, that brain. Um, what else can I um, say? Um, different um, things, even like if you are, one of my exercises that I say to people straight away is if you ask your horse to walk forward and you feel its nose go first or you feel them in your hand, the horse is already in a forward momentum as they've walked off. So you'd rather be able to feel the front feet go first, you know, ultimately the behind feet come first. But if you feel the nose, they're already moving, their upper body is moving too quick for their feet already and they're only walking. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, often, you know, things like that, um, that's when we're sort of looking at things like the forces versus gravity versus speed, and that's the way that um, I'll often tell people to slow down. Just slow your horse down. Mm -hmm. Because even they have a natural frequency for what they're able to coordinate themselves at um at that at that given time until they become fitter uh, not fitter as in cardiovascular fit but fitter as in you know with balance control so that you um always say to people that um they're always trying not to face plant you know, when you you know when you're coming down a hill if you're yeah. walking down a hill yeah and you like to, you need to usually slow your legs and use your thighs and not have your upper body forward of your, um, or, or otherwise it feels like you're travelling too too fast forward. 
So just there, there's lots of little things like that that I look into um, and try to teach people as we go along. Um, and then depending on what questions they ask and what they already know is to where we can branch off um, to explain more or in a different way or might have to wind it back, unpack it even more to teach from a different level again um, for the awareness side of it. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to learn, really. There is a lot to learn. There is a lot to learn. Um, but just understanding um, where the tensions are in the horses, how to feel them, how in the rider, uh, what your habits are. My habit was always this, doing this. Even mm. when I'm walking, I'm like, what are you doing? Stop doing, stop doing this or doing this. Um, and it's, it's your safety mechanisms for whatever reason. Um, same with seeing it in the horse. Um, any tension in the pole is tension through the neck and tension through the back. So, you know, it's a bit like I say to people, you put your jaw closed and go, uh, there's tension straight away in, in all through your back. So, um, yeah, I say if there's any tension in the pole, you're going to have tension in the back straight away. So, and also, you know, straight away that you don't have brain engagement as well. Um, um, learning uh, the stress signs in the horses and riders, um, just about what you do as a person. Um, one clinic I taught, there was a lady and I looked at her from the side and she was beautiful. Her feet were underneath her. And if I took that horse out from underneath her, she would land on her feet, not on her bottom. And I was just like, oh, she looks so amazing. And then I went behind her and I went, oh, no. And she was like wonky this way instead. Oh. But she couldn't feel it. So I took a photo of her. And then I showed her and she was like, oh, wow, I didn't know. But to look at her from the back, one shoulder was out, like pointing out here, um, one hip was out here. So that was her normal straight. Yeah. yeah. So it was sort of like that, that if her, she's sitting like that and it's not her horse doing it to her, then she's giving her horse information um and he's trying to balance um against her say if you put somebody on your shoulders mm -hmm. and the person nice and balanced and still is so much easier to walk around with rather than the person that's trying to you know that that they don't have their own balance control no, and as you said, all people have something. You are not you are not perfect, unfortunately. No. <laughs> right, and but because the soft tissues um, 
are uh, morphable over time, we can actually slowly just try to ask ourselves just to maybe come in just a little bit, a little bit to become into more alignment um, slowly over time and help um, build up the parts that um, are not speaking. I always tell everybody my left inner thigh, it could not talk to my brain whatsoever. If I ask my inner thigh to, to make a wall so that the horse couldn't uh, rotate against it, I would be like, I used to have to actually use my whip down there instead as a wall because my thigh wouldn't talk. I'd be like, turn on muscle. And it'd be like, I can't hear you. <laughs> but over time, um, that pathway um, got stronger and stronger. So now I can actually turn my thigh on, my inner thigh, and it actually works. So um, there's hope for everybody yet <laughs> um, that, um, that we can, we've just got, again, it's one of those things that has to be in our conscious brain to be able to say, okay, I'm having difficulty here. I need to work on this as a body part, but then bring it back into the whole body part, you know, the whole body, because it's the whole body that's having the conversation, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, and as you said, it's, it's a good thing to, to have somebody uh, to make a video when you're riding because then you can see it. You can't feel it when you're sitting on the horse because it's natural for you to to sit yes. a little different. Yeah, I said to a lady um, at the last clinic, uh, every time she went to ride off on her horse, she would do this with her back. Yeah. And I'm going, do you realize that every time you go, you just lean back like this? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay. So every time she went to go, I go, no, stop, start again. Stop, start again. Until she got it and then she would leave and she would actually be okay. I'm like, okay, we can keep going. Um, and another, another one uh, that every time she asked her horse to go, she would do this with her arm. And um, she wasn't aware of that either. And but and and I know I have my things that I do as well that I have to say, stop doing that. Mm. Stop leg up <laughs> every time you ask to turn this way. You know, just little things that actually to the horse is still information because they can feel a fly. Yeah. on their skin so if they're not hearing you it's probably because they've gone la 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 <laughs> trying to like, there's just too much sensory information so they've cut it off but realistically we actually do want to have that quiet conversation with them to be the rider that is speaking without anybody seeing us speaking to them that it's just that just that tiny little shift and you actually can feel the horse's spine move under you like this 
and that moment of that feeling is just wow that's so great and then you get on your other horse and you do the same thing and they're like i'm not a hit car to you so it's good having different personality horses yes you learn so much yeah what works for one does not work for another no, and you, if you have a difficult horse, you will learn a lot. <laughs> exactly, yes, because that that's like that horse that I was telling you about. He um, he tries to bite when you um, want to put the saddle on or do anything with him. So I'm trying to have that conversation with him is, is that we're actually – not doing what you used to do it will be okay so i'm trying to talk him into um that what we're doing he will be all right i will look after him i will not push him past anything that i don't think that he's capable of doing in his present state at the moment so um because it's funny if you go to take him for a ride out off the property He's like, let's go. He enjoys that. But he's still, every time you get that saddle and put it on, he's worried that he's going to do something that he doesn't like or he found difficult or induced pain or something like that. So, yes, it's interesting. He's a fun, he's a fun horse to have. He's 18. So um, I a bit crazy when I take on the older horses uh, as well. But I think us oldies are all right. We can get re-educated. <laughs> I used to say that that if you get a horse that is over 15, they have gone through the worst part of its life, so you will have it at least 10 years more. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. Oh, my dogs are very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah so yeah young labrador i've <laughs> gone now wonderful <laughs> so if people wants to have your help where can they find you um they can either uh, usually message me on Facebook um, with um, my page, Rosmaindoc Equine Functional Solutions um, website, um, the same, www.equinefunctionalsolutions.com.au. Um, my other page, if no one can remember any of those, is Equine Red Light Therapy. They can find me there too, but, um, yeah usually um that's probably the easiest for anybody that's um not in in australia um just find us on a message and ask questions happy to have um discussions and conversations about anything that i see or have said um or people just want to know something yeah right that's great. Thank you very much. Um, so you just 
contact you and uh, yeah, we'll have a conversation around this movement. Uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Sometimes people just um, want to ask um, uh, what I see or um, does, because people often have feelings and they go, is this right or does this look strange or what am I seeing that I don't understand or um, just different things like that. So often I even just offer, especially to other therapists, um, things like mentorship, um, coaching um, can be anything really. Yeah, hopefully I'll have um, something of a more of a set um, community maybe one day um everybody keeps asking me to um and i just haven't got around to doing it so where you can have more uh conversations and examples where people um have their own photos or videos and you know what do you see in that and why are you saying that and, um, that type of thing because that's probably the easiest way to learn yeah and when when you see other people's uh movements you you can compare it to your own not because you you're going to compare to others but but you learn yeah. a lot to to have a look yeah that's right that's right and um just um learning in the context of what the the person's interested in i find that um, is a better way to be able to teach too because uh, say like if there's a group of students you ask them why they want to be there and what um, difficulties they've had because then you can explain the same types of material but in the way that they will understand it better because it relates to them more than just more generic um, yeah, and hopefully spark people's interest. That's right. So time is running and um, thank you very much for coming here today. It has been a pleasure and very interesting, I think. Um, and Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out and, um, and asking. It's, it's been really good. Yeah, and thank you so much to you out there for listening and looking. And uh, please subscribe. It helps me to get on with all these interesting people out there. So thank you for today and have a good time and see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.